welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I love me some Kung Fu. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Kung Fu Hustle, released in 2004. Written, produced and directed by Stephen Chow. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the Axe Gang has cometh and has taken over the streets of Canton, China. We follow Singh, played by Stephen Chow, who is trying to get into the gang by exploiting the people of Pigsty Alley. But what they all don't know is that there live some Kung Fu masters. So Stephen Chow was also the director star of Shaolin Soccer, yes, uh, which he had uh, you know produced and made before this one, yeah. And it was Kung Fu Hustle that actually trumped his previous efforts, and this became the highest-grossing Hong Kong movie out of Hong Kong, yeah. And uh, and it's kind of it did okay when it came out over here and in America, uh, but it kind of also died down pretty quickly, and has kind yeah. of got a bit of a cult following now. Yeah, well, I mean, 2004, like, we needed some Kung Fu back in our lives. Well, we had already had, by that point, I think, you know, the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons. Matrix was also yeah, one of the big ones that yeah. brought martial arts into the mainstream. Well, we've, you know, Kung Fu movies ebb and flow over the years. You know, somebody comes along, does something really, really amazing. And we think, oh, yeah, we want to watch that all the time. And then it just dies down again because we get so many repeat viewings of stuff. And then it jumps back up. Obviously, you got your Tony Jai, you got your Jackie Chan, you know, you got your Jet Li movies. But I remember... 2004 Kung Fu Hustle coming out and I'm like oh man I have to see this because I love a Kung Fu movie just have people thrown around nunchucks paw kicking people in the face you know I'm fucking true romance and that shit up but weirdly enough what we did Shaolin Soccer like nine years ago whatever way 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 back in the past because it was like oh if we're going to do Kung Fu Hustle we might as well do Shaolin Soccer first because it's Stephen Chow's first movie and I hadn't seen it so I watched it and I was like man that's fucking brilliant I love it yep so then nine years later we got to come and do Kung Fu Hustle and like I said this movie is just so fun like he he stars in it he edits it he directs it himself I like I read into the background he got Yun Wu Ping I apologize now for my pronunciation oh I apologize for Gary's pronunciation as well of any of these actors names because yeah, we're terrible. But I, I believe it's Yun Wu Ping who choreographed or helped choreograph a lot of the fight sequences. And I mean, this guy, he's done Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You know, he did the Once Upon a Time in China series. He did one of my all-time favorite movies, Snake and Eagle Shadow and Drunken Master. So, like, I'm all over this movie. Yeah, now I, I wasn't aware of the entire cast of this film, but you only need to look on maybe their IMDb resumes oh, geez, and see yeah. you know, that these guys have been in action movies, kung fu movies, martial arts movies, almost their entire careers. Yes, totally. So even though we might not identify them as, say, famous people, it's a star-studded cast here. Yeah, I mean, if you actually looked on their even just one of their IMDb lists... It's just like film after film from the 1970s. You know, these people just kind of just starred in like small parts in the background. I mean, Stephen Chow's knowledge of Kung Fu movies, you can just tell right from the offset is just crazy. You've got these gang guys in the police station just beating up the policemen, you know, screaming about their 
wife or girlfriend, whatever, being arrested. And then they walk outside and they're like, where's the car? And as they look around, row after row of guys armed with axes just start walking towards menacingly. I love this entire intro setup. Yeah. You know, like we, we we hear the action, you know, going on in the police station before we actually see what's going yeah. on. And uh, you find out that yeah, the police are, are being paid off by this axe gang. We even get the text come up, at the, you know, explaining to yeah. us uh, that this axe gang now controlled this area of China, and uh, and everybody's afraid of them. Oh yeah. Uh, but we, this also really sets up the comedy aspect and the musical nature of this <laughs> film as well. And I love the fact that this film uses classical Chinese instruments and the entire film score is using the authentic music yeah. or the authentic sound of, of China. Uh, and it sounds absolutely wonderful. And we get this entire dance number <laughs> with the entire gang like brandishing their axes. <laughs> Now, also at the beginning of the film as well, I think this is—it's got to be a nod to Shaolin soccer. We got these kids playing playing football, yeah, and uh, and he literally just steps on the ball and squashes it. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're done with the Shaolin soccer stuff. Yeah, and now we're in with the axe gang. And you get Stephen Chow, you know, sing walking up into the town. He's got his buddy Bone with him, and they are pretending to be members of the axe gang. They're planning on exploiting all these people in Pigsty Alley. Now, um, Pigsty Alley as well is actually based on a, a, a real location yeah. in China. It was based on the walled city of, of Kowloon, which is a crime, poverty, slum area, like completely unchecked by the law. Yeah. And I believe it was torn down somewhere in the 1990s as well. Uh, but uh, it was an actual location and apparently uh, Chinese people when they actually watched this film kind of got reminiscent of, of, <laughs> yeah. of olden times like because the film set in the 1940s as yeah. well and you know we can see that these it's def it's it's a massive community and again it's another nod to a, 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 another older uh, Chinese film uh, about a ruthless landlady uh, <laughs> and all of their tenants that won't pay rent and so this 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 shrewd, angry landlady is is governing this place and uh, she's she's not happy yeah like like i said i apologize if i mispronounce these names but yun q playing the landlady uh, and yun wa playing the landlord oh my fucking god the landlord i love just the way he's just kind of stumbling around in front of everybody. You know, they're trying to do their morning routines of just kind of living and surviving. And he's just walking into the bakery and he's just like, yep, yeah, I'll have breakfast. Thank you very much. Don't worry. I'll talk to my wife about your rent. He walks up to the tailor who, I mean, this is 2004. So let's just hit the nail right on the head. Jokes have come an incredibly long way. I'm not planning on slapping anybody for anything, but the tailor is gay. And the way that the landlord just kind of walks in and slaps him on the bum and the tailor's is like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's overtly so, isn't he? They call him the fairy. <laughs> And uh, and and he. Uh, it's the 1940s. You know, it's different times. Flounces around uh, in all of his scenes, <laughs> except when push comes to shove and yes. he needs to get into the fight. He's actually one of my favourite characters in the film. <laughs> yeah. uh, his martial arts style is the uh, the iron wire fist, and he has those rings that he yes. puts around his uh, his his wrists, which are, which are great. 
But at this point in the film, we don't know that there's actually martial arts masters, yes. it, 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 you know, hiding here at the moment. I mean, the landlady, though, I mean, you kind of feel there's something with her, the way that she can just whack people and they smack on the floor. You know, she's cutting off water and she's just like, none of you have paid rent for months. So what are you even doing? Get your jobs out of here. I'll smack you all. I mean, when the, when the husband actually comes up the stairs, you know, and he's about to give her breakfast and she re realizes he's got a you know, lipstick on his cheek from being kissed by somebody. She just fucking throws him out the window. <laughs> and like, before we get too far into the movie, I know the CGI in places is incredibly ropey. It was ropey at the time. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was too ropey at the time. Uh, you know, 2004. Like, it, it's still, yeah, it feels like 90s CGI stuff. Uh, but th this is one of the things where I'm just like, I will criticize bad computer, you know, animation in, yeah, in yeah. films. But in comedies, I guess I'm I'm very lenient with it because I'm uh, like, it, nice. you know, it, it, it harkens back to uh, the chosen one yeah. in um, in Kung Pao, yeah, you yeah. know, and the atrocious <laughs> use of CGI in that. Uh, but it, it, being a comedy, you just kind of go, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it just adds to the element, and sometimes you don't know if it's intentional in some places. But the way he bounces out the window, lands on the floor, the plant pot lands on his head. And the guy kind of pokes him with the stick and he's like, leave me alone, leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, we get Singh and Bone walk up exploiting it. And, and Stephen Charles is like, you don't want to mess with me, landlady. You don't want to mess with me. I'll call in the infamous Axe Gang, you know, that he's not part of. And he throws this firecracker into one of the Axe Gang members who comes <laughs> round the corner. You know, he, he walks... Like, I question how many of the people in Pigsty Alley really are Kung Fu masters. Because, like, he walks up to that first guy who was taking the shower, who just seems like, you know, he's weak. And we've already had Stephen Chow, like, have his moment with the crowd. And he's like, you over there, I'll fight you. And the really tall guy stands up and he's like, what are you doing? Sit back down. You over there, I'll fight you. And this man walks forward with massive muscles. He's like, what the I'm not going to fight a guy with glasses. Well, woman, come here, punch me. And she whacks him in the stomach. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite scenes in the film. It was the first one that I was just like, that's hilarious. Like, physical comedy, you know? And this yeah. film has lots of different types of comedy throughout it. Lots of references to other action uh, Hong Kong movies and Western movies as well. But that guy walks up to, the, you know, the, the one of the residents who's been showering, and he gets smacked so hard, he ends up in a barrel with his back broken. And you're like, what? How the, how the fuck that happened? So they call in all of the Axe Gang members, and we get Brother Sum, uh, played by Danny Chan Kuo Kwan, who, you know, he, he he's your main, main villain. Like, Brother Sum is, he's angry now that his friend is being killed, and he's he's just gonna kill everybody in Pigsty Alley unless the person comes forward to tell him who it was. And that's when we get introduced to, like, they, the residents of Pigsty Alley don't really have names. Like, when I looked them up, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to call these guys by what they do. So you've got Cooley, who's like the legs martial artist, played by Zing Yu, I think it is. And then we have, um, obviously, Taylor, you know, the, the gay Taylor with his iron fists, played by Chu Chi Ling. 
And then on top of that, you've got Donut, who's the baker, who can do all this mystical stuff with the staffs. And I think he's played by Dong Ji Hu. But all three of them kind of band together and just beat the shit out of the Axe Gang. It's an awesome, awesome fight scene. You know, we've got people flying everywhere. I mean, we know they're all on wires and stuff. Oh, yeah, It's yeah. super stylized, but it's it's like these guys have got superpowers. <laughs> yeah. The way that they brandish That's, these weapons and fight with them. They're Kung Fu masters. Of course they've got masterful powers. Yeah. And so they managed to overthrow the Axe Gang for now. Yeah, we start to uh, see more of Sing's... Uh, reasoning for what he does you know for why he tries to exploit people and he's basically the villain but from what I gather he's like a really bad villain well he's he's uh, he wants to be the bad guy yeah you know, he he goes to the, to the axe gang boss and he's like look I, I want to be a member and uh, and and they don't really they don't want him well know, he's a good lock pick that's They're right like, oh when, yeah when, when they eventually capture him and he frees himself from his locks and he's just like i'll give you three seconds to rescue your friend or you're finished he yeah manages to rescue his friend bone as well and he's like okay we're gonna give you a mission your mission is now to go back to pigsty alley and kill the landlady because clearly <sighs> you've never murdered anybody so that is your initiation essentially Oh my god, this sequence. Oh. <laughs> Again, this is probably one of my favourite scenes in the film where, <laughs> where him and Bone are, uh, are are in the alleyway and he's got the throwing daggers. He's like, right, this is it. We're just going to take her out from range and he's going to throw this dagger and it bounces off the wall straight into his shoulder. He's like, oh, okay. All right, that didn't work. So uh, here, you you throw the next one. And <laughs> he goes to throw it and he ends up just stabbing it right into his right into Singh's arm. Like, oh fuck it out it's just one thing after another like he's got three knives in him after like two minutes yeah and you can just tell he's in immense load of pain well bone also goes oh no he re when he realizes <laughs> yeah. and he picks up this cage for whatever reason and he just drops all of these snakes on him as well <laughs> it's just like i'm gonna whistle and that will put the snakes to sleep so they won't bite you and he's like no 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 hey don't do that i'll try it <laughs> immediately bitten on the mouth but also bone also goes to throw the other knife and it, and it the handle literally <laughs> lands on the landlady and it's one of one of for me it was one of the funniest lines in the film which is like hey who's throwing handles I was like what <laughs> Uh, but this then leads into oh, a Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote style <laughs> chase scene. You know, where they just, their, their legs are just super animated and they're running really fast. You, know, you see them going at an angle when they're going around corners. It is, it's, it's like, why is this in the film? It's, it's ridiculous. But oh, man. You won't forget it. No, you won't I, forget I, it. I, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a live action Roadrunner anything. <laughs> It's the way he kind of slowly starts. I mean, this is where you kind of gather that, like, there's something not right about this world or what they're doing. But it's it's fine as well. Like, when they go, like, he slides under the truck, doesn't he? As yeah. He's running. And she kind of goes over, like, she's just relaxing, like, she doesn't care. And then she just whacks this sign. And it immediately just takes me back to, like, Kung Pao, to, like, National Lampoons. I'm like, this is just absolutely great. But there's also still a dark tone to the movie because uh, the leader of the Axe Gang, Brother Sum, decides, you know what, no, I, we've got to deal with these people. We've got to deal with the, um, these masters. And so he, he hires these like 
evil harpsichordists i think it is yeah i mean i, I just called them the musicians the musicians yeah. yeah it's it's not the blues brothers but uh, yeah. it's the black brothers <laughs> like, they're evil <laughs> the way these guys turn up like this is also my favorite scene in the entire film oh, this, you got a lot I, I know i've got a lot but this entire scene with like when like after watching this film when it first came out and then knowing we were going to be talking about this film yeah the first thing that came to my mind was the the, the harpists yeah and uh, the way that they did again because this film very much also is a musical yeah you remember the musical numbers in the film and the way that they attack uh is is through striking the chords yes. on, on on this uh on this giant harp yeah uh and and again like talking about how well stylized this film is when the landlady has told these three martial artists to leave town. Yeah. Uh, we see one of them leaving town. Yeah. And we see this harpist striking the chords and we see pot plants get cut in two. Yeah. We see a cat. Oh, the cat. Jump and the silhouette breaks in two. Yeah. Uh, and it's only then when uh, the martial artist turns around and then we see him. He gets decapitated. like god damn so we know that these musicians mean business yeah <clears throat> and this entire sequence is like 10 10 15 minutes in the film where the other two then have to square off against them and you know we get to see the effects of the chords that they're playing is creating these uh these flying swords yeah that are flying towards them like i can work out i still can't work it out but it just looks cool like is it the music sound itself that is doing the damage or are we seeing the swords because they're 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 that powerful of an evil martial artist that they can make swords appear out of nothing well, it's it's it's, just... it's taking classic real uh martial arts and kung fu and all yeah. the, all of the various you know schools of it yeah but it's just such a and great taking the fantasy sequence. element of it i mean especially i mean Taylor is the first one to get taken out because he try he tries to fight them and they just smash his rings. He can only defend for a little bit, and then Donut turns up with his spears and there's this whole dance and the music just crescendos and it's just amazing. And you're you're like on the side of the martial arts masses. Obviously, if you're watching a kung fu movie, you want the good guys to win, but they just can't get close. He gets like he flies forward with his spear, but the music hits it and the spear just explodes out. And he's flown back. And they send these last few powerful attacks at him and it hits Donut. But the whole time they've been doing this, the landlady has been screaming. And so you know that she's louder and Brother Sum and his, bud his buddy is in the car watching and he just keeps whacking his buddy out of the way. <laughs> it's like, you're blocking away! And he just keeps whacking him. And so the harpsichordists are like stopping, constantly stopping. But then when she finally releases this massive, huge scream, like, they're like, shit there's other masters here so they leap up to check it out to see what's going on now this is where the landlord becomes one of my all-time favorite characters in this whole movie and i think his martial arts style is just absolutely amazing where he 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 kind of flows with the chi you know instead of just being blocking and fighting and trying to throw and kick and do the most powerful attacks he lets his opponents hit themselves. Yeah. And it's just amazing to watch. <laughs> completely well, they annihilate each other. Yeah. You know, he literally just moves and bends and they they can't hit him. They use yeah. he uses their own momentum against them. Yeah. Uh, and he manages to defeat them. And it, it is it is a great feat to watch. It's just well, it's just a combination because 
like you you realize that him and the landlady are obviously together and they they must love each other or you know he'd be dead she'd have killed him but watching his his flowing of the chi uh, in, in combat which the, the the musicians can't stop and then her coming along and she takes that deep breath and lets out this massive huge lion's roar attack which just obliterates the musicians and sends them flying away i absolutely love 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 the sequence that happens after where you see brother summon the lawyer in the car and they they look at the driver and they look back and they look back at the driver and the landlord's there <laughs> yes <laughs> and then all of a sudden the landlady's there and she does the whole bruce lee sequence yes like wagging her finger at him and the knuckle and the wiping of the nose it's just like yeah that's great yeah that, that's really cool and so yeah the axe gang have been defeated the the, the crime lord's been humiliated and yeah. they've been sent packing and uh, and so now they they still also have the failed uh, Sing and and Bone who failed in their mission. Yeah, and yeah. so like okay, well you're a lockpick. You can open locks. We need you to go and open the cage of the beast, yeah. and we're going to send the beast into Pigsty Alley. And uh, we get a, a wonderful shining reference as he's walking through this um, this catacomb, <laughs> yeah. this prison. Yeah, and uh, he gets to the door, and there's there's toads. Or frogs right outside the cell. He yeah. managed to open the lock and uh, they, they let the beast out. And you were just like, this this frail old man with a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's that's how they look. But they're not frail old man. Fucking Akuma's not a frail old man. He's fucking just... I mean, on top of this, you've got this whole kind of side story where... Like, you're understanding that Singh, like I said, isn't the bad guy. Well, we but got he... the flashback to yeah. when he was a child. And he tried to help this, this deaf girl... Uh, he was being bullied, yeah. and they were trying to steal her lollipop. Uh, but he gets he gets beaten up because he had managed to buy this pamphlet he, he had overpaid for, yeah. and he literally gets pissed on, you know, absolutely humiliated, and that's yeah. what makes him decide that maybe being the bad guy is the way to go. Yeah, and he starts picking on uh, the mute girl as she's older, but he just doesn't realize. But she remembers, and like I love the sequence where he's laughing from the back of the tram with yeah. the ice cream, like just maniac laughter. And there's the moment where she tries to show him the lollipop to kind of get his feelings and he just smacks out of her hand and breaks. It's 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 minute in comparison to the massive huge kung fu story going on. But then at the same time, I, I think it works because you you needed something else or basically Stephen Charles' character just isn't doing anything other than being a massive comedy relief, which everybody is anyway. Um, but yeah, they get him to release the beast and the beast goes, they, well, they try to see how strong the beast is. And he just keeps getting punched in the face by one gang member. But he reveals that the landlady and landlord have turned up at, at the Axe Gang's club. And it just turns into another crazy, over-the-top uh, fight sequence where the beast is just, he's just unstoppable. He's powerful, so he's faster than them. And all he craves is either to kill them in combat that's basically what he's done all of his life or be killed in combat yeah he's he's the ultimate warrior he yeah. has known you know no equal in combat and so he's like if I, if you can give me somebody that that is worth my time i'll kill them for free yeah uh, and there's that moment where he manages he pulls a gun on himself and shoots himself <laughs> yeah. and manages to catch the bullet and he's just like, speed is all that you need to be the victor. Yeah. And he does move fast, you know. And even though they're on cables and wires and yeah, stuff, yeah. Uh, the technical feats, you know, the, the martial arts on display here is also really well captured. I mean, it, it, it massively culminates to, to the landlady and the landlord 
taking this giant Buddha death bell, using it as a speaker with the lion's roar to just basically send the beast flying backwards and just absolutely obliterates him. But he's a sneaky little fucker. He pulls out these like weird flower death needle things where the landlord and landlady catch it, but then they're stabbed. And then they basically catch each other into like a hold, which none of them can break, but none of them can, can move. And Brother Sum, the, the Axe Gang leader, you know, he turns to sing and he's just like, whack him in the head. And he's just like, okay, I will. No, come on, whack him in the head. No, no, yeah, yeah, I will. Whack him in the head. And so Singh gets so upset, he just whacks Brother Sum and he's like, I'm, I'm doing it, fine, I'm doing it. And he walks over and he smacks the beast in the head. And the beast just... He goes on a fucking rampage. Was it? He, he just obliterates his face into the floor. Yeah, just a couple of punches. You, you just see that his head is underneath the ground <laughs> at this point. Uh, but then, yeah, he looks away, and uh, and uh, we see the landlord and landlady carrying him. Yeah, uh, as they as they're running away, uh, and the beast turns around to the 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 axe uh, the axe gang boss and just twists his head all the way around. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's dead. Now the beast wants to not only kill the masters but obviously get revenge for you know being a hit on the head and we'd already seen that stephen chow's character could uh, could like magically rejuvenate you know he'd he dealt with the poison in his his lips by the snakes by kind of just pounding the ground and he had done the buddhist maneuvers that he'd learned from a kid and that had allowed him to kind of rejuvenate so now the landlord and landlady do their kind of mystical kung fu healing potion on him to help him. And they're kind of surprised about his chi strength. So that when the beast turns up, Stephen Chow is like god mode. Like he's gone he's gone super Bruce Lee. He's turned into the butterfly. We also saw the metamorphosis, didn't we? Of well, yeah, the, the cocoon and the butterfly escaping, which also flew over the intro uh, title of the film. Yeah. And so now he is... Become the, the butterfly. The chosen one <laughs> Yes, now. yeah, yeah. And he just, I mean, he, he beats the shit out of all of the Axe Gang members. He takes on the beast. The beast starts to... There's the scene where he just stomps on all their feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's... It's like, <laughs> yeah, it would work. It works, yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah. I mean, he does it to the beast as well. <laughs> the beast is like, what are you going to do? And he stomps and he thinks, ah, oh, fuck. It's like, yeah, man, that, that really works. And the beast starts to go into like frog mode or toad yeah. mode, you know, and it's just like now he's just going to kind of eon the launch his head at Stephen Chow and he starts to get beaten back um, ultimately until he gets smacked up into the air, like straight up in the stratosphere. And this is where I kind of, you know, like I said, I was watching the computer effects and I was thinking, oh, maybe Gary won't like this and it'll turn him off from the movie. But it, like we said, it kind of works that it's showing he's going so far up in the air that he has to leap off of an eagle's back to kind of reverse himself into a death dive. In well, which... the, 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 the clouds also form oh, the, 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 the Buddhist hand the, as the well. Buddha. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of falls back down and the landlady's like, do you remember all the, you know, the heaven fallen palm, the Buddhist palm? And he just kind of pow the fucking beast straight into the floor. 
is wonderful. It's amazing. The whole palm print in the ground as well. And the beast obviously still survives this. <laughs> he climbs out and he's just like, how did you do that? You're my new master. Yeah. And, uh, and Singh's just like, yeah, if you're willing to learn, I will teach it to you. So, oh. <laughs> well, the beast tries to use his death stick again, doesn't true, he? True, true. And Stephen Charles Singh kind of does the bullet's palm and it destroys half a building. But it misses the beast's head by such an inch. He's absolutely fucking terrified. And to wrap the whole story up with the uh, with the flashback scenes with the with the girl, yeah, you know, we see we see Singh and Bone are now running their their own candy store, yeah, selling yeah. lollipops. And uh, he steps outside and he turns back into his young self, and she's her young self, and uh, he invites her into the to the candy store. And yeah. it's like, oh. And we see that old man as well go to sell another book to another. But kid. now he's got a whole series of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's it's a really satisfying ending, you know. And the film's almost just under two hours long, but it goes at such a, a breakneck pace. Yeah, uh, that there really is so much to absorb and take in. Not all of it lands, uh, but when it does, it really, really does. Yeah, William, what were your your favorite scenes in the film? Oh man, like I I'd written a list, but in fairness, like the entirety of the movie is just one incredible comedy sequence, kind of trying to top the last one. Like I said, I love the landlord, you know, him falling out the window at the beginning and looking like he was frail and couldn't do anything to taking on the two harpsichordists and the beast. I, like I said, I love his style of kung fu. Like, like I've watched so many different kung fu movies, there's so many different styles, but it all kind of all culminates to kind of having good chi and positive chi and, you know, good speed and things like that. And just, like I said, him just flowing left or right. I love the car bit with the landlady. Where she just kind of appears in the car and does the whole Bruce Lee moment. Like her screaming, her running down the road. Like doing that flip over the truck. All of the stuff with Singh. Like, I, I, I'll admit, a lot of the love sequence stuff didn't really fall for me. It's mainly just the Kung Fu stuff. Love it. Yeah, there, there, there are so many memorable scenes in the film. And like I said, the one that I'll always remember is the entire extended musician sequence. Yeah. I love the way they just kick the, the harp into the air and it lands. Like yes. They're not sat down, but they're kind of on one leg with, yeah. their, knee, with their knee crossed yeah. as it lands. And the way they just strike the chords and the daggers flying. Love it. The undead love warriors it. flying towards the landlady who just scre- inhales her cigarette. <laughs> yeah. you know, her, her bosom expands and then she just roars right back at them. Like, yes. it, it's great. Uh, but yes. the entire sequence was really memorable. Uh, I love the sequence uh, near the beginning where he's uh, antagonizing the town and he's just like, right, yeah, I'm not going to fight you all at once. I'll <laughs> yes. fight you one after another. Yeah. And like we said, the little kid that steps out, buff yes. as hell. The old guy, buff as hell. The the, the, the the short guy who just happens to be sat down and he's really, really tall. Yes. The farmer that just punches him in the gut yes. and takes him out. Like, it was, it was really, really good. Like, it was edited well. The timings worked perfectly. Really, really, really fun stuff. Uh, the landlady doing the Bruce Lee impression, yeah. as you've said, perfect. Um, I loved uh, Singh and Bane trying to throw knives at the landlady. <laughs> yeah. that, that, again, and, and her just turning around going, who's throwing handles? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, really, really fun. Ian, do you recommend Kung Fu Hustle? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. I love Kung Fu, I love comedy, and Kung Fu Hustle gave me both of it in massive huge dollops like i like 
I'll admit, I don't watch this movie all of the time, you know, all I, I've seen it maybe five or six times, but if I look at it on my shelf, I immediately just think of all the most amazing sequences I could watch all over again. And I'm like, is it time? Maybe not. I'll go watch some proper Kung Fu and then I'll come back and watch Stephen Chow just rip the shit out of all of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, for sure. This is getting my recommendation. It's a classic. It's a Kung Fu action comedy that pays tribute to the genre and legacy of Hong Kong cinema. A brilliant blend of Chinese martial arts mixed with fantasy versions of those fighting styles in the form of superpowers with impressive choreography and cinematography. The comedic timings are also perfect, resulting in hilarious spectacles of comedy and action with a star-studded cast bringing these incredible, memorable characters to life. The comedy and references come quick and fast, so if you miss some, another is sure to make you laugh. And it's also highly entertaining with lots of great fight scenes, musical numbers and highly stylized sequences, drama and tension. It's exciting and very rewatchable. The only issue or complaint, as we've said, uh, of the film is the aging CGI work with characters looking like jelly as they fly around or smash through scenery. Yeah. It's obviously fake looking now, but as it's a comedy, those issues, they fall to the wayside when you realise just how fun this film is. And if you've never seen it, get a copy. And if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again. It's that good. It's a film that proves being a good bad guy is harder than it looks. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.